0: So when we did the A to B, B to C transaction, uh, it helped cut down costs because obviously on an A to B, B to C transaction, you're going to have to pay yeah. um, a little bit extra since you're going to have two separate transactions. But it ended up working itself out. We, we ended up at the end of the day, uh, $2,000 went to like closing costs and whatnot. So we got the 10 grand from the car and then another 15K from our assignment fee. So we ended up netting 25K Mm. uh, from, from the deal.
1: Hey everybody, Jamel Gibbs here. Welcome to another podcast episode. Today we have another special guest. Very, very good friend of mine. I've known him for several years. And we're going to talk about probate investing today. Something that I'm always excited about because, you know, honestly, for me and my real estate investing business, probates are some of the biggest, uh, it provides some of the biggest paydays that I receive in my personal real estate investing business. And I know you guys are going to benefit from this as well. Jason Luke Casey, what's going on, my man? Jamel Gibbs. What's up, buddy? How's it going, man? I'm doing great, man. You know, it's always good talking to you. It, you know, I, you know, it's, it's kind of funny because we we've never actually met in person, but we have to get up sometime, man. <laughs> I know we do, man. It's it's been like you said, several years, and
0: uh, we talk, we text, we email, uh, but we haven't met face to face yet. So yeah. hopefully, we'll be able to do that, uh, you know, sometime soon here and uh, finally make this make this happen, dude.
1: Yeah, and you know. You know, when my mom passed away a few years ago, I would call Jason up and he would just sit there and listen to me just kind of vent, just kind of talk a little bit. And I really appreciated that. And I I think I I expressed that to you before, but it was just nice to know that I had somebody else who could kind of relate to me in in my industry of uh, real estate and what I was going through in business and things like that uh, back in 2017. Absolutely, dude. I
0: knew you were going through a tough time. I could tell when we were texting and stuff. So I was like, let, let me just call the dude because it, it's better just to, you know, talk. And you know, the thing is, most people don't know how to go through that process after somebody really, really close to them passes. And I just wanted to to let you know, you know, we haven't met or whatnot, but hey, I want to let you know I was I was there for you and you and I talked and I, I didn't know the impact that it had on you. I was just trying to listen and be a friend, and you know, just give you some some support. Uh, and that, that's what you could always hope that your friends give you. Um, so I, I'm I'm glad that it was able to help you, my friend.
1: Yeah, man, I really appreciate that. And then you you kind of rela- you can relate to the story as well. I know you had uh, a similar uh, issue with 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 your brother, and we we both understand what cancer is like. So cancer is definitely a monster. And, um, you know, we'll talk about, uh, what you're doing about that in your book, uh, later on in the podcast. So I definitely want people to understand and and get involved in that as well. Uh, but first, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself and how you got into the real estate investing business in the first place? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, And again, thanks for having me on the show.
0: So excited to be here, man. I, uh, was, I remember when you're getting this thing launched and you're uh, coming up with the names and uh, the different graphics and whatnot. And I'm glad to see you're one of the few out there that really take action quickly. And uh, the the show's really something uh, amazing, man. You're giving away tons of great information. And um, to give a little bit about myself, I got started in the business back in 2008. So I've been doing this for a little bit now. And the main reason why is (laughs) is <laughs> I was in the mortgage business with uh, one of the largest lenders in the country uh, at that time back in uh, before 08, before the crash. Uh, I was with Countrywide Home Loans. I was doing subprime loans. So we were writing a lot of the bad loans that caused a lot of the, the foreclosures and a lot of our economy to kind of have its, uh, its meltdown uh, yeah. per se. And when that all happened, I was 100% all in with our company stock before everything kind of went down the tubes. I was putting 40% of my uh, checks away because I was, I was doing really well. Things were great. And our stock price was at an all-time high. And then all of a sudden, our, our CEO of the company says some really nasty things that he probably shouldn't have. And our stock plummeted overnight, leaving me with you know not a bunch in my 401k anymore. So at that point, we were living on the East Coast, which I, I moved out there because I was told it was a higher opportunity for being an, uh, a part of that company. And we're, we're out on the East Coast. To, uh, New Jersey. New Jersey. Got it. New Jersey. And it New just, um, yeah, it was Fairfield, New Jersey. So it was, it was close to New York. So we, we yeah. enjoyed it. So we got to do the whole Broadway thing. Uh, New York is definitely different than where I grew up, uh, Chicago. Uh, Chicago, yes, is fast-paced, but it seems like everybody is having a Red Bull uh, IV drip in uh, New York. I say it's uh, it's Chicago on steroids times five. And um, we had fun, man. It was it was good, uh, but it just when Country Ride went down and they started demoting people from position to position to position, and I. Worked my way up so high, and then basically I was cut uh, all the way back down to the bottom. And I was—I guess, you know, I could look at it as I was lucky to still have a job, but the J-O-B acronym, Just Over Broke, kind of was setting in for me because that's where I was being kept. So I uh, left countrywide. My wife and I moved back here to uh, central Indiana, so I'm not too far from Indianapolis. I live in a little suburb. I started off, man, in 08, and I was watching the the TV shows, and I was like, man, if these guys can do it, I can do it. I thought it was going to be easy. Uh, and lo and behold, it was not easy. And uh, it took me about eight months to, to fi- finally figure it out and close a deal. Um, but it was, it was tough, man. It was really tough. And yeah. uh, you've definitely got to have a game plan. I didn't really – have podcasts like this out when I was uh, getting started or else I probably would have shortened that learning curve uh, for me quite a bit. So shows like Jamel's are uh, a reason to help shorten the learning curve. I know he's had some great guests on. uh, So there's definitely a a lot of benefits for for these podcasts nowadays.
1: Yeah, man, that's that's an interesting story, man. I, I could definitely relate to it. You know, I'm from Brooklyn myself. Uh right around the time you were in New Jersey, I was living in Pennsylvania, so uh and I was all through that New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania uh area buying yeah. up houses, and um I was actually I don't tell a lot of people this, but around oh six o seven, I was actually originating uh mortgages as well. Uh, it was just a an additional income for me uh, right before I got into the education space of the real estate investing business. So I was doing really well in real estate, but then I ended up uh, adding that secondary income with mortgages as well. Multiple streams of income, man, absolutely nothing wrong with that. So you're originally from Chicago, and then you ended up in Indiana, Indianapolis.
0: Yeah, and now before I get hurt from people that are actually from Chicago, everybody (laughs) always asks like, what part of Chicago? I'm not really from Chicago. I'm from a suburb, Northwest suburbs. I'm from Elgin because I'll tell you what I, I'll tell folks, Hey, I'm from the Chicago area. And then they're like, Oh yeah, you're from Chicago. I'm like, well, if you're not from Chicago, then yes, I'm from Chicago, but I'll tell you what, man, people give me a tough time if I, if I say that. Uh, so I gotta, I gotta clear that up
1: for folks. (laughs) I used to, uh, I know a guy, um, He's probably gonna end up listening to this as well, but he's from Jolie. Uh, what did you say, Joliet?
0: Oh yeah, Joliet, Yeah,
1: Juliet. Yeah, and that's right outside of Chicago as it well. Is. But he wouldn't claim to be from Chicago. <laughs> it, it's kind of the way you did it, so that's pretty funny.
0: Oh yeah, man. The people that are from downtown, they'll come and they'll come and punch <laughs> you down and be like, "You are not from
1: Chicago." <laughs> I love it, man. <laughs> so, so let's talk about. Um, your journey in real estate for a little bit. Um, you started in 2008, how, so when you started, what were you doing? How did, how did you enter the real estate business?
0: So I, I hired a mentor, um, you know, off of the the flip this house shows, uh, I, I won't say any names, but I ended up getting pushed off to somebody in a call center in Utah that may or may not have ever done a deal. Uh, and they were telling me this was, and you got to think, this was after 2008. They're like, yeah, you could still go get loans and you could get this, you could get that. I'm like, I'm not going to get approved for any loan. I just came from the loan business. I don't have any reserves. My credit is nasty now. Uh, who's going to approve me? They're like, well, you could get some hard money loans. I'm like, I don't have any experience. Yeah. Who, who's going to give me a loan? So I started off doing wholesaling. Um, I'm like, the, the, the mentor's not helping me. And I asked them about wholesaling. They're like, no, get some rehabs. I'm like, I don't have any experience with that. But it
1: was selling your pipe dream, basically.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because the individual that I, I hired the program under was big for doing rehabs on Flip This House. Got it. And I just decided that wholesaling would be the better route since I didn't really have cash and my credit was awful. I just decided to go down that route. So I started really kind of looking into what were my options, where where can I get leads? Um I discovered probates were a good one. Uh I discovered that short sales uh were a good one. I could wholesale those. There weren't deed restrictions and uh were deed restrictions where they lock you in, and they and they cap you out at how much you can make uh which nowadays is, is a is a bit of a problem with the deed right. restrictions. Um, and we were also looking at vacant properties, homes that had code violations to them. But uh, for my very first deal was a, was a probate deal, a wholesale. And then that's when I started getting into uh, short sales. But probates have always been, you know, kind of like a staple uh, within the business. Uh, and short sales, I just, I hopped onto it because I, I understood the mortgage concept. I knew the lingo of how to negotiate with the banks. And I was helping out real estate agents that had no idea what to do because uh, at that time it was wild, wild west. Yeah. You submitted uh, paperwork that was 50, 60 pages. And sometimes the bank three, four times would say, hey, we never got it. So you'd have to go and fax it again. And uh, it, just, it, was, it was a different, different time and era. And I can't believe it, it was a short time ago, uh, but things have advanced with technology quite a bit. And uh, the housing market is obviously at at this point in time is strong.
1: Yeah, man. So, you know, I I definitely have to agree in regards to probates, you know, probates for me has always been some of the biggest, the biggest profit potential deals that I've ever done. And like you said, the market is strong right now. You know, right now we're killing it. And a large portion of, of the deals that we're getting are from probate style deals, uh, even on a creative investing side of things. So, like, you know, I have a deal right now where, you know, a lady, her husband died, but she just couldn't afford the mortgage anymore. And it was a rental property. Again, probate situation, just a great opportunity that allowed us to create a deal and be able to help her out as well. So, so, why don't we dig a little bit into the, into the probates? Let's let's talk about what is a probate for those who are brand new to real estate investing right now.
0: So a probate in this particular case, there's several different ways. Everybody has heard of probates, right? But for the most part, that's not where all of the deals come from when somebody passes, because people have uh, wills and trusts that they have set up. So Probate's typically going to happen when somebody hasn't properly set up, um, you know, when they die, they have not properly set up uh, their their plan for what they would like to have happen with their estate. So they haven't properly set up their estate planning. So it's going to have to go through uh, probate court. And most of the time when us investors are trying to help these folks, and that that's the thing there, we're not trying to, say, hey, we're going to come and give you cash for your house. Uh, best thing is is to listen and try and find out how you could help be a benefits uh, individual instead of, hey, I'm, I'm just going to sell you what I want you to hear. Uh, so listen what they what these, uh, the heirs, the executives of the estate um, are wanting to do, because that, that's the big thing. You might have one heir that lives you know four states away, and they can't come see mom and dad's house anymore. Or you've got somebody that's close, but they don't want to rent it. They don't want to worry about that. So you've got to listen to what they say, because when you hear what their problems are, you could be somebody that comes and offers solutions by that benefit them, too. you got to create win-win solutions. So we go, we get the records at the county recorder's office of recently filed probates and what we do is we send out a, a handwritten uh, letter. Now, people have templates for this, and we use the templates as well. And we use the same guy uh, as Jamel with uh, Zach Brunell with yellletterscomplete.com. And uh, they've got some really great letters over there. They've got some templates that, that we've been using for years that get great response rates. And Jamel, the other way that we're really trying to get these deals is working with attorneys because – that's when files aren't uh, at probate. Uh, These are people that have filed trusts uh, and they have filed uh, something that really protects uh, the heirs. And that normally just goes through an attorney and the attorney at that point, if you've got a relationship with an attorney, they're gonna refer you. Because most of the time, I'd say 90% of the time, the heirs, they just want to sell, even if it's one or if it's five. Uh, they want to sell the property because uh, it's it's really tough on them to to have mom and dad's house, especially right. after they passed away. Maybe dad passed, and then and then mom passed five years later. It doesn't matter because uh, most of these folks they don't want to keep the property. Uh, they don't want to have the reminder of you know walking to the house and being it's mom and dad's house, and they they just want to get rid of it as quickly as possible. Move on go through the morning process or whatever they want to do. But that's where we're finding the bulk share of our
1: deals is through there. A couple of, couple of key things that you mentioned there um, regarding being a problem solver. So that's the, that's really the first step where you guys definitely listen to what Jason just told you. That was a, that was a key gem right there. in real estate investing, you're not, A real estate investor first you're a problem solver first especially when it comes to probate so you're uh, doing business with people that are in a situation that they need to get out of how can you help them solve their problem and not be like all of the other real estate investors where you're coming and hounding them with a cash offer you want to make sure that you're helping you're actually helping these people and that's going to go a long way Referrals can come from that, and and these people they will remember you for a long time. So you know, sometime down the line, they have a property for sale, and I'm dealing with one like that right now. Uh, The guy's grandmother, uh, he inherited the house from his grandmother, and he just liked the way that I handled the situation. So he passed his mother's house on to me as well. Two for the price of one, you can't beat it. But the whole point is, it's because I'm a problem solver first. Another thing you mentioned was in regards to the, uh, the probate process and just understanding um, that, you know, that's really where it all starts. So you're, you're approaching these people. Uh, a lot of them haven't even gone through the probate situation. So when they do go through it and then the other family members get involved, um, when these other family, like you said, they don't want to see mom and dad's house Right. Uh, for that much longer. So how can you help them out of that situation? Uh, and and, and it, another thing with, with probates is, you know, usually the, the real estate is the largest asset in the, 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 probate, uh, the, the probate file. So they have to, they're going to inherit debt from their, you know, from whoever passed the house on to them how can they get out of that debt? The fastest way to do it is to sell the biggest asset in the, uh, in the probate file, right? Which oh is yeah. the, the real estate. And that's where you come into play. Um, but there's an entire process before that. Um, and, and it has nothing to do with uh, running things through the courthouse and stuff like that. Yes, that's a part of it. But it really is the problem solving part. And that's where you come into play as an investor. So I just wanted to clear that up a little bit.
0: Yeah. And, and you know what, man, from some of these deals, either they come from the attorney or we find out uh, their information uh, through public record. Sometimes they just want to get rid of the whole entire house, including personal property, yep. personal property possessions. And we've gotten cars out of the, out of the deal. Like, <laughs> you know, one of the deals is we bought the house and it included the car. And it was a it was a really really nice Honda Accord. Uh, the the mom was driving it, so very low mileage, garage kept, and we just we took it over to CarMax, and they gave us uh, like a twelve thousand dollar check. Wow. And we were already in a, in a profit from it, um, and it was a wholesale deal too. So we didn't advertise that the the end buyer would get that car. Right. We just, we just, we, we, we took the car, um, and, uh, we made it a a deal that we did. Uh, but on the assignment of contract, um, you know, well, actually on that deal, we did an A to B B to C transaction because we needed to get the, the car properly deeded over to us, uh, because it was a free and clear car. So when we did the A to B B to C transaction, uh, it helped cut down costs because obviously on an A to B, B to C transaction, you're going to have to pay yeah. um, a little bit extra since you're going to have two separate transactions, but it ended up working itself out. We, we ended up at the end of the day, uh, $2,000 went to like closing costs and whatnot. So we got the 10 grand from the car and then another 15 K from our assignment fee. So we ended up netting 25 K mm. uh, from, from the deal and it, These deals can be extremely profitable. Um, One other one, I'll give you a quick story on Jamel, is there was a lady that called us. They were about to auction off all the personal property. We said, hey, you don't even need to do that. Uh, You don't need people coming in and out of the house. You don't need to set up all these appointments. We'll just make you an offer for everything in the house. How does that sound? Uh, Because it was a problem for her. She didn't want to do the auction uh, because they were going to take a a large portion of everything. It was going to take up her time. And each trip for her was 60 miles, so 60 miles down, 60 miles back, so 120 miles round trip. She had these old, old antique cars from like the, the 40s and 50s still in the box. Like, like toy, car- toy cars? They were, lar- they were larger size, they were larger about size? that size, uh, so they were pretty large size uh, toy cars. They were still in, uh, they were still wrapped uh, in the original box. So wow, all original. original money. So I immediately uh, checked on eBay how much these these cars were going for. Some of the lower ones were 250 bucks, and the nice ones were around $2,000. Well, we had about six of the really nice ones. And then we had a, a, quite a few of the, the ones that were ranging from 250 to 750 we ended up selling them all on eBay and made probably $13,000 just off of those cars. And then, uh, and then the clothes and stuff, we donated them to a really cool place uh, that helps out women that are going through a difficult time, like, uh, like rough, rough home with the, you Mm -hmm. know, uh, abuse and whatnot. So we donated a bunch of stuff there, furniture and all that kind of stuff because at the end of the day, you know, what are you going to get a couple, couple hundred bucks for, yeah. for a couch. I'd rather go to somebody, uh, that needs it. Uh, but the cars, you, you know, I knew there was something there with the cars. Uh, so we, we ended up doing well off of those cars. And I actually kept one for, for my dad. It was a, it was a, it was a, a really nice Corvette from the fifties. So one of the, original body styles of of those cars
1: yep you you get a lot of stuff when you're doing
0: when you're doing that
1: yeah and and again how did you get this you solved the problem you know so you you prevented her from having to drive 120 miles a day uh back and forth to to get rid of these things instead you basically went ahead and made her an offer and then made a made a nice profit on it so yeah, you know, again, being a problem solver, man—that's what—that's what this whole thing is all about. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the probate process a little bit, so that sure. our audience can get a clearer understanding of how the whole thing works. So,
0: the probate process for us, like when, when we're trying to contact people, we're, we're first of all we're gonna if they're with a pro, if they're in the probate process, we're gonna send them uh, a letter. That's the very first thing that we're gonna do. Normal response rate um, on that is going to be anywhere between 18 to 20%. Some folks might be like, Hey, why are you contacting me? Um, So you'll get some of those in there as well. But for the most part, folks are seeing if you could be a problem solver. All right. And you just, you talk to them, see what you can do. Um, I I normally stay on the phone with folks, especially if they're willing to tell me things I'm willing to listen. That's right. If There's something that we can do. uh, Great. Sometimes there's folks that call me. They're from California. Mom and dad had this house in Indianapolis. And they're like, hey, it's on a lockbox. Can you go over there, check it out, see if it's something that you want. But before I do that, I really want to find out what are the whys to why they are wanting to sell the property. I need to get at least you know, four to five uh, out of there and one of the best things to, to grab information, and I left this on somebody else's podcast not too long ago, and I'll, I'll do it for your folks as well. This is a really great way to get folks to tell you what's wrong with the property. Because when you could find out what's wrong with the property, that's when you could really try and get the price to where it's a, a more fair dollar mark. Because most people, they talk to real estate agents and they might be thinking retail when a house is not retail. You know, it's not retail shape. It needs a lot of work. Right. But best thing you could do is say, hey, let's say I give you a $25,000 gift card to Lowe's right now. Let's say I give that to you. What's the very first thing that you're going to use that gift card for at Lowe's to to get the house in a condition that you would love seeing it in? And that way they start opening up. They're like, well, I would do this to the kitchen. I would do this to the bathroom. I would do this to the floor. I would do this to the walls. I would do this with the roof. And it just starts opening them up to everything that they would do to the house. And then I'm like, okay, well, calculating that right now in my head, you've got about $5,000 left. What else, what else are you going to use that, that gift card for? And it just starts opening up Pandora's box. And you just you could just start writing everything down of what they're telling you because now they, they maybe have thought their house was at retail after talking to a, an agent and now after we say hey you told me it needs all of this yeah D- does the agent know that you know maybe the agent doesn't they just did a drive-by they saw the outside maybe they saw that the siding and and the roof might need some minor repairs from doing a drive-by but now we know It needs 25, 30 grand worth of work. Yeah, you're going and picking all that stuff out at Lowe's, but now you got to think about, now you need a contractor to do all that stuff. That's going to add another 10,000 bucks. And then you just start painting the picture of what the agent's going to need from you in order to sell the house. Because yeah, any agent's going to come through and they're going to be able to list it at retail. But then once they start not getting any showings and they're like, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Uh, Homeowner, I know you wanted me to list this property for you, but with the repairs that are needed, we're going to need to drop it significantly. And that's when you're like, man, I I wish I would have, you know, went with Jason and I wouldn't have had to wait three months. And with this house being vacant, I'm having to pay insurance, having to pay utilities, I'm having to pay now more taxes. And it's just more of a burden for them. Yeah. So, I think the better you paint the picture, the better you're going to be able to get that deal sealed and locked up.
1: Yeah. That's a killer tip right there, man. You know, I'm, I'm actually going to rip that off (laughs) and duplicate (laughs) it into my business. Absolutely. $25,000 gift card idea. You guys definitely write that down because that was a killer tip. I've never heard anybody uh, explain uh, the repairs on a house in that way. So you definitely want to, use that. That's a good, great tip right there. Awesome. So, man. so when, so let's, let's take a step back for a second. When you, when you're communicating, initially communicating with the property owners, um, what type of message are you sending them? Because most investors are going to say, Hey, they're going to be a little more on the aggressive side because they want the deal, especially newer investors. They tend to be a little bit more aggressive. How are you approaching these? property owners that are going through this, this probate type of situation?
0: So I'm, I'm not trying to, I'm not sending off a letter saying, Hey, we could buy your house. I'm not, I'm not sending that type of a letter. I am sending off more of a sympathetic type of a, of an approach, letting them know I'm sending off my condolences. Uh, and I, I, you know, I just wanted to, it's a little bit longer in length letter as well. Uh, it's, it's probably two or three paragraphs. And it's just, it's being a little bit more sympathetic. It's being a little bit more soft of of an approach more than I just want to give you cash for your house. Uh, You know, it's just, it's a a little bit different. So you're kind of being more uh, of a massage technique versus down their throat saying, Hey, I could give you cash for the house. Right. right. And we get people a lot more warm uh, calling us more than, You know, the people that call you from the the letters saying, hey, we just want to buy your house and give you cash. Uh, They're a lot different when they call, when they get the letter from us. And they're at least willing to talk to us and hear us out on how we can help them. Because we do say in there like, hey, we know this is a difficult transition. If you would like uh, to sell the house or you would like some options about how you can sell the house, we'd be more than happy to talk to you. So it's, it's coming from a place of not desperation. It's coming from a place of, Hey, I'm here to help.
1: Gotcha. And
0: one of the things too, I know we're going to talk about this towards the end, but in, in, uh, flipping out over probates, I've got uh, a link that people can go to and they could download all of our marketing templates that we use.
1: Absolutely. Perfect. Perfect, man. Yeah. Well, if you're on, if you're listening on the podcast, um, what you'll need to do is go to uh, youtube.com slash Jamel Gibbs. What we'll do is I'll provide the link to uh, Jason's material in the description box of the, the uh, video version of this podcast on my YouTube page. And uh, also any links that we talk about, I'm going to provide in that description as well. So definitely be on a lookout for that. Um, and also subscribe to my YouTube page if you're listening on the podcast and subscribe to jason's cool. as well. I actually jason is uh um one of my recommendations on the page so you definitely want to check his page out as well. Thank you. So we're we're definitely going to provide that stuff for you. Looking forward to to seeing you guys you you guys using that stuff as well. Um so we want to take a softer approach when we're contacting him and we are mentioning that, you know, we do provide the option of purchasing their property from them. When we're talking with them, we're screening them. We want to find out, you said, five reasons uh, reasons why they're looking to sell. And then ultimately talk about that $25,000 gift card idea, which is fantastic. What What's next after that?
0: After that point, you or somebody on your team goes and looks at the house in person. I I think that's... I don't think, I know that's huge. It means yeah. a lot to them that you're gonna actually take the time and go go look at the house. Yes, uh, we could do this completely virtually. Yeah. Um, we don't have to go look at the property. This Jamel is more personal. This is yeah. more personal, yeah. It's more personal. Um, and Jamel and I don't need to go look at the property, uh, unless you want to. Uh, you could have somebody on the team. Uh, and I say this, somebody on the team. It doesn't have to be somebody that you're paying. It could be a joint venture partner, so another another investor. Uh, it could be a real estate agent that you know might be a little bit new and wants to you know collect a little bit of the the portion that you're receiving from the assignment. Mm-hmm. And that can happen totally. If you're going to go and do that stuff for me, you're going to take pictures, you're going to do a video for me. This is all stuff that will help me sell the property to my end buyer. And even if I'm not wholesaling it, maybe I want to get a rehab for it. Uh, maybe the, it, it's a potential buy and hold property as well. All that stuff's going to matter. It's going to make a big difference. And having somebody part of your team go and look, it, it definitely adds the, the personal touch. Absolutely. Some people, it doesn't really matter for the heirs. They might be completely out of state and they might have a lockbox on the, on the door. And they don't even know when you go over there. But for most folks, it means a lot for them to show you mom and dad's house. Um, or maybe their grandmother, whoever's house it is, it really matters that they get to show you the home.
1: And, and, and you know, just kind of taking a step back again with the marketing, that's why it's so important to approach them from a personal standpoint. So I personally, and you can you can correct me if I'm if I'm wrong, but I'm sure you'd agree, I wouldn't send a postcard to a probate list. I would send a handwritten letter and a, a first-class stamped envelope to that type of individual. It just comes across as way more personal. And maybe even inside the letter, you can stick like a a little, you know, something in there. I don't know, maybe not not a business card, but something that will, something that you can insert into the envelope that will be appreciated by them saying, I'm sorry for your loss or something like that. You know, just being real personal with it. That's what, I mean, you have to think uh, of what their situation is and you have to adjust to what they're going through. So put yourself in their position and then approach them in that way. By doing that, what you're doing is separating yourself from everyone else who is looking to bombard them with normal marketing material because they're too lazy to go out and actually provide real value and real help to someone. And then at the end of the day, what happens is you get this snowball of deals uh, with, with large profits. So just a, just a killer, that's just a killer strategy. Now, once you have the, the the property under contract, you agree to the entire, uh, the entire deal. Uh, Obviously you send it out to the attorney or the, or the uh, title company, depending on the state that you live in. What, what happens after that? So there's two different
0: exit strategies that we can use here. Um, if you're wholesaling, one is you're going to have a regular purchase and sales agreement, uh, in place and also to Jamel in the, in the book, flipping out over probates. I I have a special link in there for everybody, uh, that can go in there and they could get all of the contracts. Uh, so our, our JV agreement, our purchase and sales agreement, our assignment contract that we use, But in this case, uh, what we use is a purchase and sales agreement, and it's got specific language in there that allows us to assign the deal, and then we assign it using an assignment contract. And for some folks that are in maybe like the state of Illinois, they're like, well, we can't use assignment contracts. We can only do one assignment deal uh, per year. Well, that's fine. You could do an A to B, B to C transaction, and and that's completely fine. So you you do an A to B deal where you're closing on with the executor of the estate who has the POA, the power of attorney to sign and sell the property. And then you're turning around and you already have the property sold through another purchase and sales agreement to your end buyer. And the end buyer knows that they are going to become final owner of record mean they're going to become the chain and title. Now the cool thing with the A to B B to C deal is you are becoming an actual chain in the title. You're you're actually showing up as somebody that actually bought the property and then you're selling it uh, same day. So there are some title uh, things that you can do uh, from closing an A to B, B to C transaction because a lot of people might be like, well, that's a simultaneous deal, those are illegal. No, they're not. Talk to an attorney uh, that understands real estate transactions, it's not illegal. Uh, The people that say that, you know, that's just nonsense. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as you're doing it the right way um, and you're having everything documented, uh, you could use a transactional funding company. We've been using besttransactionfunding.com for, for a long time. Yep. Um, and another way that you could do it is you could have what's called an escrow agreement. And this has been approved by a lot of underwriting companies that, that offer title insurance. But the escrow agreement is basically the end buyer, the ultimate end buyer, is signing off and acknowledging that their funds are going to be used to uh, have your transaction 100% complete, and all of the transactions now are are completed.
1: So it'll okay. be a B to C, then an A to B. Yep. Yep. Yeah, B to exactly. C, A to B. So uh, we call that a dry closing. Dry, yeah. A dry closing. <laughs> <laughs> no.
0: Yeah. You, the,
1: that's that's the way we we do them.
0: Um, we know our end buyer is good. The the best way to do it is to collect uh, a sizable earnest money deposit. That's not refundable uh, from your end buyer. Right. So if the deal Jamel's uh, let's just say a hundred thousand bucks, I'm going to get probably $3,500 in non-refundable earnest money deposit. That's going to cover, you know, things if if there's an issue, plus Mm -hmm. I'm going to also be able to use, say, I don't have any money whatsoever. That's also going to cover the earnest money deposit to the seller as well. So maybe the seller wants 500 bucks. That's going to cover those costs. too. So you're in with no money of your own at all in the deal. And uh, because there's people out there still that think there's, you know, it's
1: too good to be true when it comes to no money down deals.
0: Uh, We just explained it. That's the way to do it.
1: That's right. I've never put any money into any deals and I'm sure you haven't as well. No. And, and just for clarification, guys, I mentioned wet clothes and basically a wet clothes, you know, I'll, I'll link a video, uh, where I explain, uh, different ways we could close a wholesale wholesale transaction. And I explain what a wet clothes and a dry clothes is in that video, but basically a wet clothes is an A to B first, B to C after. And that means that you're bringing transaction funds to the table. The B to C, the dry close is the B to C, then the A to B. So the B to C closes the deal then uses those funds to, to close out the A to B. That's basically a dry close. You're not bringing funds to the table. You're using your buyer's money in order to close the first transaction between you and the seller. Does that make sense? So, so we talked about the entire probate process, guys. Um, and you should have a clear understanding of how this thing works. A lot of people think that when you get into probates, um, there's some type of magic formula that you have to have and you have to wait until the, I mean, there's certain situations if you're going through, let's say an estate sale, I'm actually going through one right now where we've been uh, going through that thing for three months and I'm just waiting for uh, the paperwork to be completed so that we can close the deal. Then there's certain situations that, where that will actually happen, but none of that is done on your behalf. That's all done by an attorney. So you just have to wait it out. Then you just proceed as normal as a regular wholesale deal or, you know, a regular real estate investing deal. But Jason, if we had to provide, let's say a three-step process for our listeners to get started doing this, what would you recommend? How would you recommend they start and end uh, to a check in, in utilizing this type of strategy? Sure. Um, uh, cash, you need to have a, a decent,
0: uh, cash buyers list. So I don't care where you go. I got this from Jamel a couple years ago. <laughs> go on to go 8com There's plenty of buyers on there. Yep. <laughs> so that was a tip that came straight from Jamel. And, uh, that, that's it. I'll link that's that
1: video in, in the, uh, if you're on, if you're watching it on YouTube, I'll link that video in the cards. It's well.
0: no, another reason to become a subscriber to Jamel's channel. <laughs> Uh, it's <laughs> filled, filled with some amazing content. Um, but yeah, no, I, I started using that one once Jamel told me about it a couple years ago. Uh, get your cash buyers uh, from there. There's plenty of other ways that you could do it. I'm sure Jamel's channel is going to be filled with it. So make sure you are a subscriber and hit that uh, the little bell button because it'll pop up on your phone and let you know when Jamel you know, has a new video out. Appreciate that. Um, so I would recommend that. Uh, and then go
1: and get your list, go and get your probate
0: list. Uh, once now, you do that, that's not, that's
1: yeah. So now, now that's one thing we didn't cover. Where would you recommend they go and get the probate list? So you could go down, get it from the county recorder's
0: office, uh, the probate list, if you want to start getting uh, lists of people that aren't necessarily going through probate and they have passed, uh, start networking with, uh, attorneys especially ones that handle estates and wills, those are going to be individuals that are going to also be handling the estate when an individual passes. So the executor of the estate uh, is going to come to the attorney, try and hear out some options of you know next steps because there can be some, some things that the executor doesn't want to do. So they more than likely don't want the property. They may not want the belongings that are in the property. Uh, like the cars or you know, maybe some antiques that are in the house. They just want to get rid of it. Maybe they're in an, a different state. They don't want to come and do all of it. So they'll have the attorney uh, do all of it. Those are the deals that are going to be like through trusts. Uh, they're going to be much easier deals. Not everybody's going to know about them. A lot of people know about probates, but they're really lazy to get the information. Right. Uh, so you're going to have a leg up if you are an action taker and can go and be uh, consistent with getting that data, so I would go biweekly uh, to get the data. Uh, you're not going to get like us. hundreds of of you know new files every time, uh, but you'll you'll probably if you're going biweekly, you're going to get probably three, five, maybe ten, depending on how big the area is uh, for where you are. That's really what it boils down to. If you're if you're in Chicago. Um, you're going to get a lot more than you are if you are in Indianapolis. Cook County is really big. Um, so you're not going to get as much as you would in Marion County, Indiana. Makes sense. So that, that's where you go get the list. And that's also uh, for the attorneys. The ones I would recommend that you would talk to, talk to some of them that are obviously doing wills and uh, setting up uh, trusts for people and talk to folks that are at RIAs. Uh, find out who other folks are are working with at real estate investor associations. Uh, find out who realtors are working with. Uh, you, you could find out a bunch of really good attorneys. Chamber of Commerce. You could go and, and find folks. Uh, you know, different attorneys that you could work with that that focus on setting up wills and um, all that type of stuff uh, for for folks. Right. That, that's going to be a really great way to grab the list. Uh, another one. If you want to just uh, buy lists, uh, you, the, the source that I've seen the best for probates is um, alloftheleads.com, I believe. Alloftheleads.com. Uh, they sell probate. They actually have people in cities that go down to the county and do it for you. Uh, so if you're a busy individual, uh, they could go do it for you. And that's not like a, a, an affiliate link or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they do have some, some data now, we've used them in the past, so I'm just giving you a heads up. Uh, some of the, I would say 75, 80% of the data is great. The other portion of the data uh, is gonna be for like people that lived in apartments and stuff like that. So the people that are going and collecting the data, are, they're just going and grabbing everything. Right. Uh, they're not grabbing people that just own houses. They're grabbing people that lived in apartments too. So you're gonna, you're gonna pay for what you get um, uh, talk to them first, if you want to, if you, if you don't want to go down and do that stuff yourself.
1: To me, that shows that the list is authentic too, because you're not just randomly buying a bunch of, I mean, cause sometimes you could buy a list and re- not necessarily know where the leads are really coming from. They could say right. that they're probate, but they're not really probate. But if you're right. getting people, if they're just going down and grabbing everything that just shows how authentic the list can be as well. So that was good stuff. Yep. So when, when you're obviously you're, you're contacting individuals um, through getting these lists and if we had to take a step back to the attorneys, what does that conversation sound like in order to get them to trust you enough to start providing leads to you?
0: Now, that, that's a big one. Uh, you really need to be able to sell yourself on how you're a problem solver you need to be able to close on these deals. So before you go to any attorney, make sure you have that buyer's list. You right. need to be confident when you talk to these attorneys. And I wouldn't say your exit strategy or your plan, because uh, they don't need to know that you're a wholesaler. If you, if you describe that you're a wholesaler and what you plan on doing, you, you're, you're not gonna get any deals from them. All that they need to know is that you could come in You can help out people that are looking to sell their properties fast. You can close quickly. I would say most deals, because these types of deals, especially dealing with attorneys, are very, very clean deals. So if you've got good buyers, you can close in seven to 10 days, uh, maybe sooner, depending on how fast your cash buyer uh, wants to close. But seven, 10 days, that really helps people out and is a major problem solver especially for folks that are going through a difficult time so the main thing that i would do don't take out a bunch of attorneys to lunch i would say after you close on your first deal uh, from an attorney referral take them out to lunch see how you guys can do more business together don't let them i would once you close on that one deal and they know you're legit they're going to probably be able to start selling, uh, start sending you more business, such as people that are wanting to go through a divorce. It's unfortunate, but both sides want one thing. They want to separate and more than likely they want to sell a property. Right. Uh, Also too, you could get leads for people that are going through bankruptcies. Uh, They might be in a really bad spot and they want to sell their house off. And if they're working through their attorney, who's, who's going to get that referral? you just closed on a deal and maybe you start start having more deals in the pipeline that are getting ready to close. Do you think that attorney is going to look good by sending you over to them or bad at this point, they're going to look good because if you're closing on deals and that attorney's got confidence in you, that attorney's going to be sending you deals left and right. Now you're not going to be able to give the attorney anything. Uh, There's no, you can't, give them any fees. Cause that, that goes against their, their ethics. Um, and it's a legal thing at that point. So you can't give them anything, but, um, it, it's always cool. Take them out, uh, for like a really nice lunch or dinner show appreciation. And, um, you know, best thing to do is when you start talking to them, I would say, Hey, I'm an investor. You're not a wholesaler. You're an investor. Uh, I'm a, I'm an investor. I'm looking for properties and just just say where you're looking. Uh, I wouldn't rattle off zip codes, I write, you know, say cities, um, and just say, hey, whenever you come across an individual that is looking to sell their house, you know, think of me first. I know we haven't done business before, but let me prove to you that I can be of helpful service to people that are going through a difficult time. I'd love to be able to come in, uh, show you what I'm capable of doing, and be able to help somebody out that's going through a difficult transition and I can make a a cash offer on their home, we can close quickly in seven to 10 days. Now, some attorneys are gonna want um, a uh, proof of funds letter. Mm -hmm. You can go get that at uh, Dwayne Ortega's site, besttransactionfunding.com. They give them out uh, for free over there. I wouldn't abuse it by printing off a a ton of them, but if you need a proof of funds letter, send that one over to, to the attorney. That's gonna give them even more confidence because there's gonna be a phone number on that proof of funds letter and they could call to verify that you're an individual that has funding and you're backed up by them.
1: That's right. Guys, listen, you know, if you had to take anything away from what Jason just said, just remember that actions speak louder than words. So if you tell an attorney that you're gonna do something, you have to do it. So you have to make sure you get it done. And in order to get it done is to take massive action. Uh, So if you know you can't close a deal, close a few deals before you go out to an attorney and introduce yourself, build up that track record with closing deals with other buyers that you can then contact. And then once you do that, the obvious thing would be to go ahead and contact the attorney and you'll be a lot more confident at that point, knowing that you can get the actual deals done. Because once you open up that gate with the attorney, the attorney can feed you for a lifetime, you know? So you definitely want to have that relationship with multiple attorneys, not only one, go to multiple attorneys, get a consistent amount of deals coming in, consistent amount of leads coming in, turn yeah. those leads into deals. And ultimately you'll uh, be well fed in the real estate investing business. Jason, is it is it's been a real pleasure having you on board, man. I'm looking forward to doing this again sometime in the very near future. If you had to give our listeners some final advice as to getting started in the real estate business, what would that what would that uh, advice be? I would just say, don't think too much. Uh, take more
0: action because you know there's so many people. I've been doing the education thing now, where I I do education like Jamel uh, since 2013, and I see people that come in. And they overthink, they overanalyze, Uh, you know, it's analysis paralysis with, you know, that's the the term that's been going around, you know, for decades now. And it's true, you know, a lot of people, they'll read books, uh, they'll go through educational courses, uh, they'll watch videos. And it's great to be educated, but it's completely worthless if you don't go out there and take action. Um, Best thing to do is put together uh, a plan that you want to do. And the only reason, the only way that that happens is if your whys are big enough. Um, if, if you if your whys are purely monetary, like you just want to get a Lamborghini and a nice house, more than likely you're not going to succeed. That
1: stuff um, gets old fast. We just had this conversation the other day, man. Yes. That stuff gets old real fast. Yeah. Having It really does. You, you you bring up a
0: really good point there. It, it totally does. You've got to have a bigger why, and you know, with the the book that that is coming out right now, that's part of the why uh, that that we're doing. We're giving all of the profits away that are generated from the book to two charitable organizations: uh, Veterans Best Friend Indiana and uh, Beat Kids Cancer uh, is is the other one. And you got to have bigger whys than that you got to have bigger whys than just, hey, I, need, I want a Lamborghini and a nice house. Those are actually things that come from a byproduct of your, your whys. That's right. You know, if you want those things, great. There's, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with those things, Jamel. I'm just saying if those are the, your main whys, then you need to, you know, you, your priorities aren't straight. Because once you start doing this business and you're not doing it just solely for yourself, you know, the nice things, they come. Uh, it is a byproduct. I'm not going to say they're they're just going to come out of thin air. It comes from hard work. And, you know, I know this is very recent uh, with Kobe Bryant passing uh, from that tragedy. But I'll tell you what, that dude had probably one of the best uh, work ethics I've known. And And I'm a big Jordan fan. I think he's number one. But when it comes to work ethic, I, I think he—I uh, think he may have had Jordan on there. I'm not sure. It was probably really
1: close. That's, a, that's, that's really why they
0: call him the Mamba. Yeah. The dude, the dude had the sickest, most he, legendary work ethic known to mankind. He yeah. was so confident that he could do pretty much anything that after he retired, he got a freaking Oscar. <laughs> you know, he—he <laughs> he, he was asked, you know, if he could like certain things in life and he would always say that he could do it no matter what. I believe if he would have continued on, he would have went on to be a legend in multiple aspects of life.
1: Yeah. he um, was cut
0: short, man. It was cut short. Um, and he touched a lot of lives when, when that happened, you saw all the social media just completely yeah. blow up with sadness, but I think he left it. He left, he definitely left his mark on the world. Um, and that, the whole Mamba thing uh, with his work ethic, if you have a work ethic like that, or even, let's just say you come 50% of his work ethic, you're gonna be beyond successful. Um, and I, Everybody says successful, but I, I really truly believe that. If you've got a work ethic like that, you're gonna go in, in directions that you've never thought possible. But again, other people, Jamel, they're sometimes afraid to, to take that leap of faith. I just say, jump, jump, because what, what's going to happen if you don't do it, you're going to continue to work for for somebody else for 20 years, 30 years. You want to really be doing that. No, you don't work for yourself. Get, get into it. And it's really about taking action. Yeah. You're going to screw up. I screwed up a lot. Yeah. A lot. You're going to make those mistakes. And by coming on shows like Jamel's, you're going to shorten the learning curve. You're not going to make as many mistakes because he's having some amazing people come on. He's delivering amazing content on the channel and you're not going to be able to have as many mistakes as him and I. So that that's one thing that I would love to, to leave people with is, is, is that
1: awesome, man. I couldn't have said it better myself. Let's talk about your book, man. So, so what's uh, so you got the, the probate book and you're going to be donating the profits to charity. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about that.
0: So flip, flipping out over probates is uh, a book that I really wanted to put a lot into. It's my third book. Um, and I had my attorney come on because there's some things that I can't really explain like an attorney can. So I had my attorney, Matt Griffith, uh, come on. Uh, he did one really amazing chapter, but some of the things that we didn't have time to talk about on your show today was, you know, what happens if somebody passes away but the spouse is still a remaining survivor. What happens there? That's called an affidavit of death. And that's a really big opportunity for you to help somebody that's now alone in a big house and they don't know what to do. Well, I fully explain it in the book and I also give you the marketing pieces to, uh, to attract those people to call you. Um, and I show you exactly how to find those people too. Uh, so that's, that's something that we didn't have time to go over today. I, I know we, we, we covered a lot of stuff today and it's, uh, a cover it out <laughs> yeah. The, and the, the book's really short. You can see it. it. It can be knocked out in a day. Um, yeah. and I didn't do the, the super tiny font either, either to, to make stretch <laughs> the book out. Um, I, I, put it in a decent font so you can get, you can literally, this book is really short. Um, and, we have it on Amazon right now for twenty one ninety five. All of the proceeds are going towards a uh, charity. Um, and it's really big. Uh, the, the one uh, beat kids cancer is big to me because my brother died of leukemia at three. And that's what that charity is all about is helping kids out and their families during that difficult time. And if we can raise enough money, uh, that organization is going to start a research grant because believe it or not, Jamel and I were talking about this the other day. So I'll share this with you guys as well. My brother died in 1983. The same exact treatments are being given to these kids in today's world. They're giving kids basically adult type uh, treatments, which are extremely harsh on the system. Oh yeah. Extremely harsh on the body. They need to have better treatments available for these kids. And with us being able to potentially start up a research grant, that would be huge yeah. uh, on getting a big, big first step going. Uh, so that would be extremely helpful. So you buying this book is not only going to help you in your real estate game, but it's also going to help out kids. Another one is veterans' best friend. We all know the epidemic with our, you know, our military. The they've got PTSD. They're taking their own lives, and it's very, very unfortunate. This organization's helping by uh, finding shelter dogs, training those dogs and matching them up with a veteran that's suffering from PTSD and training the dogs in a way to where they're a companion for these individuals. And it's drastically lowering down suicide rates. It's getting getting these people out of the house, walking the dog, taking them to dog parks, talking to more people. it's just helping them out in a big way. And I, I just can't say enough for, you know, thanks to our veterans, our military. Um, it's just, you know, I wanna try and do my part and help out as best as I can. And I really appreciate you being allowing me to to come on here and uh, you know, let people know why they should buy the book.
1: Absolutely, man. Guys, definitely grab your copy. Uh you'll be helping out others in addition to helping yourself in your real estate investing business. It's uh uh, flipping out probate. Um, Take a, fl- flip, flipping out over probate. Over probate flipping out yep. over probate. By uh, yep. Jason Luke Casey. Uh, check it out on Amazon. Twenty one ninety five is the best twenty two dollars you'll spend uh, for your real estate investing improvement. So listen, guys, it has been a real pleasure having Jason on today. Jason, where can our friends go to get more information on you?
0: So we have a podcast as well. It's called uh, the no flipping excuses show. And Jamel has been on there. uh, Yeah. I'll actually
1: link. I'll link it. If you're on again, uh, if you're on uh, YouTube, I'll link the podcast where I was uh, interviewed by Jason uh, up in the cards on the, on the top. It should be somewhere on one, (laughs) one side of this screen. I think it's on this side here. It'll pop up. So I'll link it up at the top and uh, you guys can check it out. But, uh, yeah.
0: Um and our website's uh, noflippingexcuses.com. Gotcha. So, uh you go there, check out our blog, check out our, our podcast episodes, but yeah, other than that, uh it's pretty simple. noflippingexcuses.com. Uh Jamel's episode was really really great, so you could check that out uh with one of the links that he's provided to you. And uh dude, I just I have to say, uh you're really rocking it out. The show's amazing. I appreciate you having me on here, man.
1: Oh man, it's been a real pleasure. And listen guys, it has been a pleasure having you guys listen in. I know uh, we went a little over an hour, uh, but the information was so great that we didn't wanna uh, hold you guys up uh, to not providing some great information. So um, it's been a a real pleasure having you guys listen to us for an hour or so. And uh, we hope that you take this information and actually use it in your real estate investing business talk to you guys on the next one. Take care. Check out my website at reieducationacademy.com. To make it easy, you can just simply go to jamelgibbs.com or check out my YouTube page at YouTube.com forward slash Jamel Gibbs. I'm all over the web, whether it be on Facebook slash The Jamel Gibbs or on Instagram at Jamel Gibbs. I'm on LinkedIn as well. I'm on TikTok, I'm on Snapchat. Check out all of these platforms for daily content, weekly content, more content from Jamel Gibbs. But if you want to get more in depth, go to REI Education Academy dot com. And that's how you can find out more about my training material and how you can get started investing in real estate today. Talk to you later.